Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, beautiful people, magnificent soul of planet Earth. What a privilege to be with you again. I hope that wherever you are on this planet that you are doing fantastic. I'm sending you a massive energetic hug through the airwaves. We have another amazing episode of the show for you today. We have the man Trevor Senapass on and we are talking about Megama culture and history arm wrestling championships and supporting youth. I met Trevor when I was down in Nova Scotia learning from David Lone Bear. They are cousins and he was doing a teaching on the 13th star teaching. It was very fascinating. And while down there, I really got to know Trevor. I knew that he was doing really great work for the youth, especially the indigenous youth. Um, I learned that he was number eight in the heavyweight arm wrestling championships in the world eighth overall in heavyweight for arm wrestling so i've kind of been watching a lot of arm wrestling because i'm super interested in it now but he's just such an amazing person he's been doing so much good for the community we discuss a lot in this episode um we talk about trevor start in arm wrestling we talk about um indigenous people in the news we talk about going to the world championships of arm wrestling and we also discuss uh what Trevor wants to share with the indigenous youth um, the teaching Trevor's father really stresses why we need more role models. We discuss treaty education and he gives a lot of history on the Mi'kmaq culture that I didn't know. Um, he tells us what an elder is and understanding oral history in the Grand Council and a lot more. So it's a very deep episode. We discuss a lot. It's a lot of fun. Trevor's an amazing guy. So uh, yeah, it's an awesome episode. If you want to support the show, you can leave a review in iTunes. That really helps. You can share it. Please let me know where you're sharing or are shared on uh, Facebook, social media, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. But I want to get your feedback. What do you like about the show? What it, What are you learning? Um, how has it helped? What would you like to see improved? So hit me up with any and all of your feedback on social media or even directly at matt at zenathlete.com. That would be amazing. The best way you can support the show, however, is doing one kind act today. Please do something nice for another human being. And even better, take the kindness challenge. Do three kind acts. Go out of your way to do it and resist the urge to tell anyone and do that for seven days in a row. Um, I want to thank all my patrons. You guys help so much. If you want to support the show that way, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Toss a buck in the bucket. Something you won't even think about. Super small, but it helps so much. So go over there to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Help out if you're so called. And I want to thank Jennifer Allen and all of my patrons. Trust me, you have saved my butt time again. I wouldn't have been able to continue to produce all of these episodes if it weren't for you so thank you thank you so very much uh, for those of you 
guys who are interested in coaching and you really want to learn how to connect to your life purpose, your soul mission, your calling, or you're going through a transition and you're not really sure and you want to gain clarity on your life, on your direction, on your values, on how to live an extraordinary life, and you want to really design your preferred reality. And this includes mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, uh, materially in every single way. Um, and how to do that with the best tools in peak performance, law of attraction, um, all things mystical, grounded, planning, goal setting, all of that kind of stuff. We bridge both worlds and would love to work with you. So just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com or go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And this goes the same for your organization if you want to discuss leadership, training, mindset, psychology, all of those different things. Flow state, it is all very relevant to the workplace. So if you want to do some training with me and your staff, just hit me up. Let me know about your organization, your goals, and we will make something happen. So that is it. Um, I want to thank today's sponsor, zenathlete.com. You do not need to be an athlete to enjoy this book. It is really a guide to self-mastery. So if you want an autographed copy, just hit me up, Matt at zenathlete.com. Happily send it out your way and probably throw in a couple bonuses here and there. And especially send that thing out to any coaches that you know because we need to get this into the hands of the kids because it will transform the way they view life and the world so that wraps it up thank you so much for listening i appreciate you let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we get into this episode so wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, inspiration, motivation, enthusiasm, and ready to take on this amazing episode with Trevor Senapas. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is Mi'kmaq First Nations, belonging to a community called Eskazoni, but currently resides in Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. He is a direct descendant of the last hereditary Grand Chief, John Denny Jr. He is a motivational speaker, a champion of diversity, and a role model for Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people. He is a member of a long list of committees, including Human Rights Facilitator and Aboriginal Perceptions Facilitator called Lou New Way for Department of Justice. He is a member of the Treaty Education Speakers Bureau and is a new member of the Union of Nova Scotia Indians Justice Committee representative for the Tripartite Forum. He is a champion arm wrestler who placed eighth in the heavyweight division worlds and was an associate producer and consultant for the television series called Arm Nation. He has received two Minister of Justice awards exceptional contributions to corrections and a limited edition pin from the House of Commons for his commitment and support to indigenous people and youth. He speaks in high schools, universities, and colleges. He goes around and shares his culture, knowledge, and wisdom to Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal communities throughout the Atlantic provinces. Welcome to the show, my friend, Trevor Senapas. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> What's up, dude? That's a long bio, but you're doing a lot, man. Uh, yes, I am. And 
really appreciate it. I really am honored, actually. I'm really excited for, for being here, being on your show. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, we met, we met when I came down to Nova Scotia. David, uh, your cousin, right? Your cousin? Yes. Yeah, he's, yes, he was sir. doing some star teaching. So, you know, I'm super interested in what he's doing. Um, I was graciously put up at your house and got to meet your amazing family. We had an arm wrestling contest downstairs, which I, I lost very easily. Um, oh, and cool. It's time. <laughs> and since then I've been watching so much arm wrestling but you know it was really amazing to learn more about you and how much you're actually doing you're going around speaking at schools you're sharing your culture you're very uh, motivational for for the youth you do a lot of really great things for the youth and we had talked about that you know just being you know what can we do for the youth and um, yeah man so I'm gonna stop talking and let you share a little bit about yourself talk a little bit about your background and all the amazing things you're up to today Okay, great. Um, and again, thank you, uh, Matt. Uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations on, on your milestone. <laughs> uh, that's, that's phenomenal, man. Like, really, that's, that's huge. That's almost like a, a, a million uh, YouTube views, uh, uh, to my understanding. And uh, um, I'm just trying to remember, there was like 2 million. Uh, 2 yeah, million. I, just, I just reached 2 million downloads, which is good for me because uh, my podcasts are longer. So the listen minutes are like... 2 million downloads. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And the hope too, man, the hope, like I said, and I wanted to share the stories and, and the wisdom of people doing something good, doing something positive, talking about positive things, you know, bridging, bridging gaps, you know, doing all that. So, you know, you're episode 301, man. So it's a privilege to have you here. <laughs> 301. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a, and again, Matt, thank you. Congratulations. It's, it's a total honor to be here. And then, uh, yeah, you, you were here, uh, as, as I noted before you left, you're always welcome. Of course, Dave, love Dave. Um, um, mm, uh, he's, he's a, a phenomenal person. Uh, and so, so is Jacqueline. Um, and, uh, it was great to have like everyone like, uh, and you, we did arm wrestle. <laughs> uh, I, I'm surprised you said I bet you, even though, yes, I did, but uh, I was, I was, like, I was, I was going to say that it was a talk, but uh, um, it, w it was fun. It was, it was definitely great fun. And as you know, that there's a lot of uh, uh, technique and, uh, you know, um, in, in, in arm wrestling, there's like a lot more. Uh, but to, uh, you know, answer your question, like, what do I do? Share some of the things that, that I do and, um, yeah, uh, I am uh, a member of a long list of committees. Uh, I am a the uh, facilitator for uh, human rights, this is for the uh, Department of Justice, and uh, Indigenous Perceptions called Illinois. Um, it's a yeah. two-day training. <laughs> Thanks for that. I was going to get you to correct that. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I should have done something. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it is in the way. It, it is a two-day uh, training course. Uh, totally love it. It's just, a, it's just sharing the culture. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, sharing the, the culture, the spiritual and traditional practices of, of, of the Mi'kmaq um, to, to the staff of um, – uh, the Department of Justice. Uh, we have correctional officers and probation officers. So, um, along with that, uh, I, I know you mentioned the, um, some of the things that I do. Um, uh, I, I do arm wrestle. I've been arm wrestling for for 
uh, I was trying to, like, I was speaking with a friend of mine in Cape Breton. We were just, like, thinking about the time. Um, I'm 43, and it was like, around, I was a lot earlier, like, the younger age when I started arm wrestling, um, but in the community. But I guess, uh, you know, going around the circuit, I was around 15 or 16. I say 16 years old. So it was over about 25 years for sure, uh, arm wrestling, because I picked it up from my brothers. Um, I had three. Well, I had three brothers, but I have two now. And, and my father, of course, uh, he, was, uh, he was great at uh, – he was a coach. Um, he was a coach in baseball, basketball, and even arm wrestling. So anyway, I picked it up from my brothers. I was uh, – I was, uh, I'm, I'm like 6'1 and 235 pounds, um, but I was the runt in the family. <laughs> My brother Dave and Steve, the Steve had a nickname too. Like, it's like they called him Big Guy, actually. <laughs> they, they were, they were, they were uh, really well known in the, uh, in the community and surrounding communities and even in the arm wrestling community. Um, so, so I got to know a lot of the, the legends in arm wrestling that are still competing today. Uh, they're, they're really strong. So I got to meet these guys when I was younger. And then my, of course, my role models, of course, being my family, you know, uh, looking up my father, um, but then my brothers as well, John, David, and Steve. Um, they, were, they were all athletic. They were powerlifters and, and they were arm wrestling champions. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to be like my brother, like uh, all of them, actually. And but it was David. David, uh, uh, he's a little bit older than me. David was 17 uh, when he competed. And the thing with us, the thing with us, um, we have weights back at home, like uh, over my mom's place. So we have weights, the bench and the curling bars and all the works. Um, we'll get the newspaper, literally like two days, uh, the upcoming events, uh, and then we'll see arm wrestling. I still remember this when I was young. And, and I go, oh, wow, great. Like arm wrestling's coming to uh, um, this, this and David's part uh, it was in century 200 and uh we worked out i still remember that we all work out even the morning before the event and that's a big no-no really you can't really uh <laughs> excuse me you can't really work out at least several days before the event you want to get your arms all rested and everything and that's what i excuse me that's why i instruct or teach the youth right now today, <laughs> you know, stay away from plates, like uh, just, just, just chill really. Right. Uh, but anyway, we, we were working, working out the very morning and then we go compete uh, or in, in that case it was then, but David got third. I'm pretty sure he got third. And the part that I really liked about, uh, about this particular story is I read about him in the paper. And at that time, like even right now, and I'll get to this uh, uh, as, as we, as, as we go with this episode, um, even sharing the culture, you didn't really hear much about the uh, the indigenous culture uh, anywhere, really. And it's not just like in the last ten years. Uh, there's this shift, right? Um, even David himself, uh, he's from Maine. Uh, you don't really hear much about the the Mi'kmaq people, um, and this is what he was telling me in in Maine. So he was quite surprised when he was with us for several days in in um, in Halifax. And he, like, he'll point it out, like, they've been talking about the Mi'kmaq on the news a lot, uh, you know, and good things. And he said that was kind of a, like, it was different for him. Um, and I told him, like, no, it wasn't always like that either, right? Uh, um, I know, uh, uh, like, right now I do go around and, uh, and I do talks about the culture, 
not just with work, but outside of work as well. I, I, I go around to schools, as you mentioned, universities, colleges, um, business uh, agencies, uh, government at all levels, municipal, provincial, and federal. Uh, and, and I get to, to, to share my, my culture. I'm also part of the Speakers, um, speakers Bureau uh, as part of Treaty Education, which is fantastic. Um, so so uh, anyway, sorry, I'm drifting. Now going back to my brother, going back to my, seeing him in the newspaper, he was flexing. I still, oh, I still remember like how he flexed. He was 17, he was 17. And he, he was competing with the best, like in, I think it was the Atlantic Canadian Championships. And he was flexing. And, and in the newspaper, it's, it, 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 the, the headline was uh, Strong Arm Tactics. And I was so like, you know, seeing somebody that you know that you recognize in the newspaper, I was like, and especially he's my brother. I was like, oh, wow. And of course, right? And that's, that's when I really, uh, uh, you know, hit the gym myself. Like, and I, I was anyway, but I really was focused on arm wrestling, you know, getting to, to know the techniques and stuff like that. And much like anything else, um, table time is important. You know, you, don't, you can't become a, a great hockey player if you don't, uh, you know, practice and doing some, uh, uh, you know, skating around the ice. Uh, and that's just like arm wrestling, you need table time. So you can work out, which works, but you need table time. And uh, with different variety of people, it definitely helps. So you help when, you, when I did arm wrestling. <laughs> I help I get my butt kicked. <laughs> I was telling you too, I was like, I'm actually pretty good at arm wrestling. I wish we had a few more days so I could learn technique, but I've, I've only lost like actually a few times in my life. And, uh, and it was like going against a wall. Immediately when I tried to, to like move my arm, I knew that there was no chance. It's like, I'm not moving this at all. I've never felt that before. It's interesting. But what's fascinating about um, you that I realized about getting eighth in the world is that you did it at heavyweight, which people are going at like 260 plus pounds. You know, you're a big boy, but like these guys are massive. And since our time, I got super interested in arm wrestling. So I've been watching all the arm wrestling matches and things like that. I was like, holy crap, like being able to take out those guys are, are incredible. So that's like, you know, top in the world at a skill, which is, which is really amazing. And I love how you're using that and you're bringing it to the youth culture and you're using it as an opportunity to like, you know, use sport, use arm wrestling for something positive, something good and, and to empower people. So all of that is, is just awesome. Well, well, yeah, thank you so, so much. Uh, um, the beauty of that is going to the worlds. That was my first worlds. Uh, I, I was, I was extremely excited, of course. Um, uh, the, the best part is, uh, you know, we were filming uh, the nationals um, because of my, uh, the, like, I, as you know, and I'll share it actually. Uh, I'm, I was the uh, uh, the associate producer of a television series called Arm Nation. It was my idea. I put it together, right? Uh, and, and again, it was just the love of arm wrestling. And uh, we were we were practicing in Sackville. I, I love I love telling stories, <laughs> and I could get to the point. But I really want to like you know build it up in some ways, and, and so that's. <laughs> I have noticed. I have noticed you're a good storyteller, and also uh, I don't know how to say like a like not a bull crapper, but like you can't be trusted all the time with certain things. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think you I, played I, like two pranks on me within like probably an hour. <laughs> What's happening? All in good yes. fun. All yes, in good fun. Yes, yes. Uh, the majority of the time, I, I, yes, I do tell the truth. Uh, I'm a true teller, <laughs> and I, but I do love telling stories. Um, 
we're, we were practicing in, in, in Sackville. So I got to uh, mention my, my club in, in Sackville. Uh, they're really great guys and gals. Uh, top notch, the uh, best actually in the country, arm wrestlers. And uh, we have young and old. And the, the young ones are, are really, really strong. But anyway, I was in Sackville. This was several years ago. I was in Sackville. And we had Devin Lorat. So I got to mention him as well. Uh, phenomenal guy. Phenomenal. And uh, we were talking about the television series, or television series that was on HBO. I think it was, uh, I don't think I know. It's called Game of Arms. And, and uh, um, we were just talking about it. And, and we were hoping, like, oh, like, there was a talk amongst us, our wrestlers. Like, we were hoping that, you know, maybe to be on that show someday. Obviously, Devin is a world-class athlete. Like, you know, he's, he's like the best in the world. And uh, um, we know that, obviously, he's going to get it, right? Because everybody knows Devin. And, uh, but I still recall... Uh, you know, speaking to the other arm wrestlers and saying like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we get to be on the show? And then I thought of it like, uh, you know what? Like, I, I like to make things happen, right? And, I, you know, I just can't sit down, sit back and, you know, not do anything. And, and I was like, why don't we just like come up with our own show, right? I, I remember, uh, uh, I think it was Devin, actually, I mentioned like, you know, um, why don't we just like, you know, I put it together. And he said, like, you know, put it together and I'll like, you know, back you 100%. I went home that night. I'm a like fast typer. I went home that night, and and my like my ideas were just like you know they were just going. And I sat down, and I think it was like five or six pages. Like it was like and I mean it's not much. It was five or six pages. It was a proposal of uh, of this television series, and um, it was called True. Actually, I still remember. It took me a bit to figure out the title, and then I got it. It was called True North Strong, and that was it, True North Strong. And I was like, yeah, I love this. I love this idea, True North Strong. And what it was at that time, it was, uh, it was clubs. This was, this was my idea. Of course, it changed. It was clubs versus clubs. Uh, so, so we have our Sackville Club, and there's a Valley Club, and there's one in Cape Breton called the Golden Arms. And I actually, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, that's his club. And, and my, of course, my brother's in Escazone. He has like a little club of, of Aboriginal youth or Indigenous youth, sorry, Indigenous youth. And um, so, so, so I was thinking like, okay, club versus club. And, and then maybe we'll form uh, out of this clubs in Nova Scotia, we'll form one good team. Like ideally from one in each club. This was my story or before it got changed one one person maybe or two from from each club and that's like like team team say nova scotia and and then uh we'll 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 uh the way i did it was there, there's the clubs in pei as well so i said well, they'll form their team in new brunswick as well they'll form their team and then we'll have like a face-off of these three teams in the atlantic province uh and out of these three teams the best or the the winners would represent Team Atlantic, and then the other teams in Ontario or, or, or Manitoba would do the same. And then, again, anyway, that was my idea. Um, and I send it off. I send it off. Um, I got a phone call uh, from the person, and I forgot his name. I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, but um, he worked with YTV, and he loved it. And he said that uh, he's working on a project right now, but if I'm going to wait like about six or eight months, like he's willing to like, you know, work on this project because he really loved the idea. Um, but then he goes, well, you know, I do have a friend named David Finch uh, uh, from Montreal uh, who specializes in uh, documentaries. I said, this may be the route that you want to go. And I like, you know, um, 
I was surprised to get a phone call. <laughs> and and the other one is like he was like he was interested in it. And then they go, yeah, sure, like why not? Like no, let's let's do this. And then anyway, uh, I'll just fast forward it. So David and I had a, a, a many phone calls, and his wife Maureen, beautiful people, um, many 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 phone calls, Skypes. And, and then we said, okay, let's do this. Uh, and, and of course, they changed it. My five pages or six pages proposal uh, ended up looking like, a, um, I'm, I'm looking around, I don't know why I'm looking around, uh, like a telephone book. <laughs> it, it, it was thick, like, you know, uh, because I don't know anything about uh, TV or film. You know, I, I work for the Department of Justice, right? And then I had an idea and I put it together and here you go. So anyway, they put it together, like, you know, right professionally and stuff. And they sent it to uh, several broadcasters. I think there was five. And out of those five, three jumped at it. And out of those three, it was one of them, APTN, who <laughs> loved, loved them, actually. APTN loved it. He said, wow. Instead of, like, making it, like, a one hour, an hour and a half documentary, like, let's do the series. And we're like, what? Let's, let's do the series. And, of course, we're like, absolutely, let's do this. So my, uh, my, my one-hour documentary became like a 13-half-hour series. Um, and, and, and it was uh, about indigenous arm wrestlers across, the can across Canada. And I was one of the featured ones. Uh, they followed me around uh, with a few of my friends from Eskazoni. Bus and Mike Doucette's one of them and Mark McPhil's the other. But we have a lot of strong indigenous arm wrestlers um, from across the, across the continent, really. And, and uh, it was really great to, uh, for me anyway, uh, you know, to include the indigenous and non-indigenous arm wrestlers, even though it was APTN and they wanted indigenous arm wrestlers, I was like, ha, you know, I, I got my, my, into my other community arm wrestlers from Sackville, so I want them included as well. Mark McPhail is a good friend of ours, a family friend, like he's non-indigenous, so I really want him included as well. So they did, right? And it was just a real, like everything was real. Not, nothing was scripted. And you know, like, uh, that's the reason the story's so long. Uh, I really wanted to be real, genuine. Like, I, I had my full-time job. A lot of these arm wrestlers were the same. A lot of them were coming out of uh, retirement from injuries, uh, single moms. Like, I mean, they were, they were fantastic, uh, you know, follow, like, you know, because this was real. You know, like, and how difficult it is just to train or even to travel to a tournament. Anyway, I loved how they filmed it and captured the, uh, uh, the realness, I guess. And then, oh, now, okay, now I'm coming to this part, the nationals. So we filmed the nationals. So I, I ran for politics. I, I didn't win, uh, but I won in many ways. Uh, you know, I inspired many and, and I'm glad about that. Actually, I'm really, uh, because, um, you know, uh, I, I, I guess I inspired a lot of people, indigenous, non-indigenous people to run for politics. And I always encourage that, right. Um, you know, get involved, vote for whatever party that you choose. It doesn't matter. Just like, you know, be involved and associate or, or align yourself with the, with the candidate or party that best represents your needs or the community needs. Anyway, um, I didn't win. But they focused on my on my on my run, and when I didn't win, I had literally two weeks. I had two weeks, and they asked me, "So what are you going to do?" Well, we have the nationals coming, and I had no plans then uh, to 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 compete. I said, "Well, we have the nationals coming. I'm going to going to start training by two weeks. Come on, um, usually not enough." And and then okay, uh, I'm going to focus on my like I, it went from politics and jump right into arm wrestling and i started doing some training light training really a week because you don't really want to do anything 
at least several days before a big competition, especially the national. It's a natural progression, politics into arm wrestling championships. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what people are doing these days. It's, it's the obvious next choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I got the name, the uh, arm wrestling politician. It stuck with me for a bit, actually. And, and uh, uh, you know, the nationals, and I, and I got second. Like, it was the super heavyweights. It was the super heavyweights. It was the, the big guys in Canada and, and I came in second. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Rob McNamara, you know, all props to him. It was gold. He won gold. And I'm glad he got gold. Like, you know, he deserved it. He's a multiple Canadian champion. And it was just returning from a, uh, from a retirement source. And was just coming back and he cleared it. <laughs> and, well, of course, I got second. So, like, he got gold and I got silver. And, and, and at that time, I wasn't sure because I never went to the, uh, to the Worlds, right? So, so they approached me and said, hey. You know, you got you got silver, and that qualify you to uh, to go to the worlds. Would you be interested? And and, and I, like I mean, it just what? I've been arm wrestling like uh, as as I mentioned, like about twenty five years. Uh, maybe it was brought up to me like when I was younger, but I didn't really grasp it. Um, so I was quite surprised. I was like, oh wow, like worlds, absolutely! Like I would love to go. So it was in Budapest. So uh, there was like about twenty of us went traveled Chantel went with us as well um we we, we went um it was beautiful and everybody was talking about like the the the, the city you know, the architect like you know you're gonna love it and i wasn't really into like architecture or, or anything uh, i do love culture i love learning um and and when i went it was the very first day we're walking in the street in, in budapest and everything was just all so old the culture was so rich, and I'm like looking around. I said, like, "Wow!" I, I I took pictures, many pictures. It was just leading up to the building, and 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 I was just so fascinated, like with with every anyway. Here I am again, uh, and and then uh, we were there for a week, but we explored like uh, Chantel made this top ten list, and we saw like even then some like we we saw everything. We did our we did our uh, uh, weigh ins. We did the registration on day one. Day two was the uh, team photos uh, and then we have like from afternoon on so we we explored the city and I didn't get to compete until like four or five days after and uh, yeah um, I still recall going into my weight class which was a super heavyweight I thought like okay my arms are gonna get ripped like um, I was the lightest one in the class I was exactly 243 pounds and it was like 242 pounds and over and uh, and I'm like, okay. Uh, Should have lost that one pound. <laughs> I, well, I could have, I could have easily. But what happened was there was two other people from Canada that were in the lighter class, and there's only two. Uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't because they were there, right? So, so I ended up like trying to gain as much as I can. Actually, actually, I was two forty five because I gained like three pounds, purposely trying to. Uh, you know, uh, be heavier. But anyway, I was the lightest one. And the average, the average was like about 300 pounds and over. And there were about six foot five and over. Jeez. So, yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, I came eight. Um, you know, my thing was there was like about 22 of us. There was like about 1,500 competitors. There was about 1,500 competitors. The, the, the energy was so insane. We all loved the sport, right? You know, from you see other arm wrestlers from different countries and the music is playing. It's almost like a UFC set, like a big, big stage. There's eight arm wrestling tables and there's like two referees in each one. 
two big jumbo screens on each side and and they're like oh my god like the music's playing and but we all have that love and passion for it so we're like we're all like you know wow even though we're competitive we're competition but we're all like wow like you know the, the energy was so great and then uh, i competed there was like about 20 20 22 in our class and and again these are the best in the world and i really didn't want to like finish last that was my thing i didn't want to finish last at all like i, I said like okay even if i win one like i'll i'll be good i didn't expect to win several i i mean i really didn't and and like, I, I mean, I wasn't defeating myself when I started because that's one of the things I teach, right? Like, you know, or, or, or when, I, when I do my presentations uh, or when I'm engaging with youth. And thank you for mentioning that when you started it off. Yeah, I do, I do go around communities and doing uh, motivational talks or, or, or inspiring them. But I also, uh, uh, I, I wasn't defeating myself in that way. I, I just saw these monsters from Russia and Poland, Germany, and was like, oh, oh boy, right? Uh, so I gave it all I got, of course. So, you know, we're 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 like I'm in I'm in like in Budapest. I'm I'm the pretty sure I was the only indigenous person uh, competing with the best in the world. And I certainly didn't want to like go like you know last. I was really aiming for gold. I was really aiming for gold. And when I when I won a couple, and of course I lost some as well. Um, but when it was over, and I'll share one story actually before about but. Um, Actually, I'll share it right now. Do we got time? Okay, so <laughs> it'll be quick. It'll be quick. Now, this is leading up to that, like, eight. Yes. Uh, what happened was uh, I was I was arm wrestling, and I think it was the guy from um, um, Poland. Or I, 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 I'm not even entirely sure right now. But but when I'm doing my talks, uh, I, I, I say Poland or Russia. Anyway, I was going, and... and uh, and we're both locked in the hook. We're both locked in the hook. And 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 all I think of is, and again, being the only indigenous person here with with a lot of like like you know people, I'm like holding off. And okay, now I'm not only representing like you know Nova Scotia. Like I'm I'm like like I'm wearing a Canadian shirt. Like this is for Canada. And I was really holding and holding, like you know, trying to go and and. But really, what really working? This is what I share with the youth. Uh, indigenous, non-indigenous, actually, but more so with the indigenous youth. I go like, and I hold, and I like, you know, really, really give it up, and I position myself right, and I'm really calm, and I really don't want to lose because you're both locked in, and and uh, and all I can think of was like, okay, you're indigenous, you're Mi'kmaq, come on, and then off I went, and and I, and I won, like I won, and of course this next match I lost, and 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 then when I went down, somebody said, hey, you got eight, and and um. I remember turning around, there's this big, big screen behind me. And, and it shows like uh, from the bottom, like the place, the finisher, like from 22 or 21, and then 20, 19, 18, 17, like, you know, it goes down the list. And then, uh, and then I was eight. So there were still seven people left. And I was like, eight, I was like, eight. Like, I mean, I was jumping with like, like joy. And I was like, wow, yes. I was hugging my teammate. And I was like, eight. Because if you don't win first, second or third, you want to be in the top 10. You want to be a top 10. So you can claim, this is what was told to me. So you can claim that you're best in the world. You're top 10 in the world. So I have that. Like I, I officially can say I'm the best. I'm the top 10 in the world for the super heavyweights. So 
That's my story. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's pretty amazing. And like, yeah, d- your size is shocking that you did it for the super heavyweights because after I got back from Nova Scotia, I just started watching arm wrestling videos like crazy. <laughs> and so it's like this whole amazing world and it's starting to explode. And, and like I kind of said, I like how you're, you're using that opportunity. You seem to use all the, the time that you get an opportunity from whatever you're doing to support the youth and to share about the indigenous culture, the Mi'kmaq culture and things like that. So there's a lot of different ways that we could go with this, but I guess I'll kind of direct it that way. You know, I saw in the, in the paper on Monday, you know, it's like Thanksgiving, but it was the first uh, indigenous people's day, which makes sense because, you know, doing research and study in Canada and North America, it's like, yeah, Columbus discovered America. I was like, well, not really. There's kind of people here first. And uh, you know, there's a whole history that's not being taught in, in Western education. And so when you're going, around and you're you're talking to the youth i guess the question is um what do you what do you try to inspire with them how is the youth culture there i know that the youth culture around the world could use some help i wrote a little thing on my instagram last week about just giving youth better role models like who do we have to look up to like is it katie perry and you know rappers singing about you know acquiring uh more gold and booties and cars and whatever the case is we need people sharing a real message you know so when you're speaking to them what are you what are you trying to share and what is it that you want people to know about the Mi'kmaq culture when you're speaking to uh, non-natives uh, to be themselves be proud really like be proud um, over the years even myself that uh, the culture and i even mentioned earlier uh it, it's, it's there's a, it wasn't even like this like 10 15 years ago um you know i talk about my challenges and struggles living in, uh, on reserve and even off reserve um you know, maneuver my way around the uh, the non-indigenous society. I guess uh, you know I've I've encountered a lot of discrimination and racism, um, but I had good teachers. I had good teachers. Uh, two of my parents being 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 those uh, being one of them, uh, and then and of course my siblings, and and then my aunts and uncles, uh, family, and then our community elders. Uh, you know, uh, I have good teachings, and um, so so I try to. Uh, you know, uh, relay some of these messages that I received or some of the teachings that I got uh, and, and uh, you know, you know, share that with, with the youth. But mostly it's just being proud. Being proud is, is extremely important because, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of uh, um, traumas uh, in, in our communities, the intergenerational traumas from, from, uh, uh, colonization uh, from 60 school from the Indian residential schools uh, uh, Indian day schools my father um, was uh, was a survivor he attended the schools uh, when he was six and he escaped <laughs> uh, I can't say he left he escaped uh, when he was 12 years old he was he was beaten he was abused uh, 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 at all levels and um, and uh, you know like uh, there was, there was like working in, in uh, working for the Department of Justice. Uh, I worked in a correctional center uh, for about nine years. Uh, you know, when we had a lot of our brothers and sisters uh, that were deeply affected uh, from from these schools, uh, and a lot of the people right now we have uh, our, our residential school descendants, and uh, you know, just the, just the effects uh, is it was just so damaging to our people. Uh, you know, we're still dealing with suicide and addictions and abuse. And we have people, uh, we, we have a lot of great people in our communities, uh, indigenous and non-indigenous. 
um, that, that are that are truly uh, are, are 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 genuine and kind people um, that they're trying to help uh, our people, and uh, and uh, you know we, we know that um, you know there's there's a lot of healing um, still needs to be done, but luckily uh, for myself, you know I had good teachers. And, and uh, my father, he was an advocate for health and wellness, really. And, uh, you know, I, 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 value, I value that. And, uh, you know, and one of the teachings that he, he stressed was respect. And, uh, you, you know, um, so being an advocate for health and wellness, uh, making proper life choices, um, you know, what, what not to do, avoid the alcohol and drugs, lift the red road. Uh, you know, know your teachings. Uh, we we have to, you know. Uh, right now, I'm just starting to embrace the spirituality on my end. Uh, you know, the daily smudges. Uh, um, you know, I do attend sweat lodges, uh, and when I do go to and speak with youth, um, you know, uh, I do say, you know, it's okay to say that uh, that you did this uh, because, oh, I use my experience. Uh, you know, uh, I have a, a good job right now, and I was brought up to uh, not to boast or, or uh, um, not to show off. And then I still, like, you know, um, and then that's like, you know, that's great. Um, but it took a bit for me to, uh, uh, you know, maneuver around government uh, because a lot of the people, uh, well, especially the leadership roles, they want a person that say, I did this, you know. And, and bringing brought up uh, in a community setting where, you know, we're a team. Like it, it took a bit for me to, you know, to, to push that aside, like some of my teachings aside so I could advance. I thought that was wrong. Uh, so I do say to the youth, it's okay, keep, keep your teachings. Like, you know, I'm trying to change the government right now or change the system from within. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, it's okay, keep your teachings. You don't have to do what I did. I, I had to push, push my teachings aside in order to, like I said, advance. And, um, but it's okay to be proud. It's okay, like, you know, uh, um, you know uh, to take on things. If you have a dream, go for it. If, if, it, if it means that you have to leave uh, your community, well, be it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great people out there uh, that will help you along the way. Uh, and I certainly had great teachers, indigenous, non-indigenous. I had excellent teachers, uh, meaning uh, not just my elders, but teachers as in schools. Uh, I had some, like, I, still, I, I remember this, like when I was in grade nine, because our schools were, was from kindergarten to grade nine. This was in Escazone. And from grade nine, I mean, from grade 10 to grade 12, you have to move out of the community um, and to go to, a, uh, go to a high school, which was in Sydney, it was like about 45 minutes away. And he told me, um, excuse me, sorry. Uh, he told me, um, get involved. Like, don't be afraid, Trevor. Be involved. Uh, get into council. Uh, try out things. You're you're you you're athletic because I was in arm wrestling around that time. So you're very athletic. You know, join join hockey. Join baseball. Um, <laughs> I did. Uh, I did join rugby actually when I did go. And I met a lot of a lot of friends because the teacher was non-indigenous. He said that, right? You know, like because uh, you know in in high school we had our own group, right? Like, you know, there was indigenous students and then there was like non-indigenous students, and there was only really two groups. And uh, and then it was always like that, like, you know, maybe uh, 
occasional like a certain person would have an, a friend from the the other group um but he asked like he like that stuck with me and he was like oh so when i got to high school i was like oh, like i'm actually going to do what he like what he told me like and i'm actually going to do that and, I'm, and again i'm willing to learn right so i started like you know i i i went into a, a tryout and of course i got in and i got to know more like other people i got to know more their stories, their backgrounds, and, and with them, with me, right? Like, and they were asking these questions. They didn't know anything about the indigenous people. So, so uh, you know, because I saw this from my father as well, even though I just mentioned about this teacher, but my father was, uh, he, he popularized that notion of uh, community relations long before it was popular uh, because he was coaching, he was coaching our youth and it was taken into uh, uh, the tournaments uh, in, the, <laughs> in the non-indigenous tournaments. But but he was educating both, like okay, like you know on both sides because we were kind of like I still remember I was young. He was he was educating like okay no they're good like you know because we're all like you know they're not indigenous. But anyway, um, so so when I when I got to uh, became friends with my my uh, my teammates, uh, you know it was on and off the field. I was like, wow, like, you know, and, and I started introducing to more of my friends and, you know, uh, and I really like that, like, you know, and um, that's, that's, that's just one. And where was that? Like, you were asking me a question. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like, we're talking about the youth, right? And just huh. like it, from what I've seen, I, when I was in Whistler, I was uh, teaching boxing at the youth center there. And, you know, this is a culture in Whistler where they, have a, a lot you know what i mean it's a privileged culture but even seeing where their minds are at that time and what they deal with and, and watching them you know just go through adolescence is a challenging time for a lot of people so i can't imagine what it would be like for you growing up or or some you know having these more challenging circumstances and like feeling ostracized or or whatever the case may be it's a lot more challenging plus the whole history of it, you know, you touched on a lot of really heavy topics, you know, about like the school system and yeah, surviving and escaping. You have to escape a school. You know, most people, I only really found out about this from David, uh, you know, and then um, Brian Francis, who I'm going to keep saying it again. I hope you're watching, Brian, put your documentaries on YouTube, man, about the school systems and how absolutely awful they were. And so you're moving into like, you know, this new way right and let's say this new culture and it's almost like you when you're talking about uh having to change your like your beliefs a little bit to like uh, advance over here that's like almost like what a simulation is you know it's like don't even worry about like that your if you uh embody what your beliefs are you're not going to make it over here so you'll be put in such a challenging spot you know and it'd be like damn it this is awful. And so we want to give the best opportunity to the youth, you know, the best opportunity to youth of, of any nation. So what do you, what do you think, um, what can we do to empower indigenous youth or even youth in general now? What would they need? What would you like to see as far as like, whether it be support, whether it be programs, whether it be um, a philosophy or idea that people are just getting wrong, like to build a very strong foundation so they can begin to explore these new ideas in this in this growth in a way that um they're allowed to like hold on to their traditional values we're 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 getting there we're, we're almost there i would say we have a lot of great leaders i have to give credit to uh 
uh, our leaders here in Nova Scotia, we have 13 communities in, in Nova Scotia. And out of these 13 communities have 13 great leaders. And um, Eskizoni, that's where I'm from, we have a, a really good chief, and his name is Leroy Denny. And uh, he's, he's, he's phenomenal, actually, I have to give him that. Uh, Leroy Galuto Lidwin. Um, he's doing really great uh, with the youth, actually. Um, he's much like what I do right now, um, you know, advocating, uh, you know, health wellness, making proper life choices, you know, being active. And that's what he embodies. That's what he does. Uh, and he's doing this for his whole community. And he's been doing this. He's been, uh, 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 he's been elected chief for several uh, terms already. And so he's doing really good and people see that. And, and when people see that, they, 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 they want to be like that. And, 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 that's, and that's what he's doing. So, like, we have great leaders. Uh, and leaders, we have great community leaders. And, you know, there's a lot of, lot of even youth that are young, educated, smart, traditional. So we have young elders who, who, are, who are educated. Like, I mean, that's insane. Like, it's not just in Eskizoni. It was like, it's throughout. And I really love that. Like, I really respect that. I, I really like, I mean, uh, I, 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 like, I, I, not, not, I just don't talk about my chief, Leroy. Uh, you know, I talk about others. Um, uh, I, I forgot her name for a moment. Uh, Andrea Paul. Like she, like about the environment. She's very passionate about the environment. She's educated. She's very smart. You know, but I like these chiefs uh, 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 that, that are going that extra mile to to help their community. And uh, so going back to Leroy, um, you know, he, people people look up to him because what he does. And then again, uh, he's he's connecting with with youth, and and uh, he's a great hockey player too. And actually, he tried arm wrestling as well a few times, but he didn't arm wrestle this year. Uh, uh, but but he's he's a great guy. He's an excellent role model, and that's what I'm leading up up to. Uh, we we have uh, we need more role models. Uh, we 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 have great people in our communities. Elders are highly respected. Um, youth are are growing up. Uh, uh, you know, having these role models uh, right in their communities. You mentioned earlier, uh, <laughs> you know, Katy Perry, and uh, you know, uh, celebrities are great. You know, if they have a great message or uh, if they're using their popularity correctly and right, um, because social media can be uh, can be a great thing and and can be a bad thing. Uh, you know, right now, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, for instance. Um, I use Twitter at T Senate Pass. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I tweet a lot about positivity. And that's who I am in real life. And that's how I usually tweet. Uh, you know, hashtag happiness, hashtag Mi'kmaq, like whatever. Uh, but I usually, uh, I usually tweet anything about positivity. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet something about the culture. I'll tweet something about arm wrestling. I'll tweet something like anything good, anything positive. And, and I get a lot of uh, positive uh, feedback. It's usually engaging. I'll get retweets and likes, or you know, but it's always engaging. And it's kind of funny. I uh, um, I don't have that many followers as you, <laughs> uh, but I have about ten thousand. And and it's funny in HRM when I'm walking, uh, people do approach me, like you know, say, "Hey, you're Trevor. I follow you on Trevor, like Twitter, man. Like, like can we take a picture?" And uh, no, I mean, it's kind of funny for me saying this, but it has happens a lot. But it's because 
usually they say, I love your tweets. I love how you tweet about the culture. I, I didn't know anything about the, the Mima culture. I'll tweet something like, okay, what year did, like, um, I tweeted this before. What year did we, uh, did we as an indigenous people get to vote? What year did we became Canadian citizens? What year did the residential school close? Right, you know, it was 1996 in Saskatchewan. Uh, 1956, we got to vote, um, became Canadian citizens. It was 1960 that we were granted the right to vote. Um, you know, the residential schools, we had one in Shubinagati. We didn't have any in New Brunswick or PEI, but all the children from those provinces were taken to uh, Shubinagati here in Nova Scotia, my father being one of them. And yes, he did escape. He was, he was, he was pretty much tortured. Um, you know, we're, there is a dark history that we that we must talk about and learn, and, and then move on together. Uh, you know, I did mention about the treaty education and the importance of treaty education, and um, and and people don't know about our histories and treaties. And there's a part like, yeah, there's some dark histories, but we talk about it. But treaty education is like we're all treaty people. You know, it's it's your ancestors, my ancestors. We we did the uh, you know we signed these treaties, uh, and this is our responsibility. Um, so um, you know, uh, we 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 do have great community leaders. I was I, and and uh, community leaders and elders and and allies. Like Matt, you're doing a great thing. Like you know, here I am in in in, in your podcast. Like you know, I'm really I'm truly grateful and thank you because I know. Uh, you know, you're, you're a very popular guy yourself. And, and so thank you for even giving me this platform to talk about, like, you know, who I am, who we are, what I do. Um, you know, because I really, truly love the culture. And I, in whatever I can, whatever, every opportunity I get, like, I, I, I share. Like, you know, it's education, it, it is important. And, and uh, you know, whether it's social media, tweeting, or in person, or even this. It, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, planting seeds. You know, I know you, you have a lot of viewers and they are seeing this. And, uh, you know, that's important for me to, to share some of my culture, who I am, the way we live, um, to people, you know, doing presentations. I've been doing a lot of presentations because uh, in, in Nova Scotia, um, we, we have, uh, we celebrate Mi'kmaq History Month for the whole month of October. But, uh, but I've been doing it, and a lot of other people has been doing it. We've been doing it yearly. And, uh, you know, we do have uh, uh, educators, uh, and we do have our, our elders, excuse me, and we have our um, academics. Like, I mean, it's, it's uh, everybody's taking part. And, and again, allies, we're all, like, we're all moving together towards reconciliation, right? Yeah, well, you said a lot there, and treaty education is something really fascinating. Brian Francis will share a lot on his uh, Facebook. I find really fascinating, and you know, I went and did uh, law and security and, and basically law my my second year, and it was really confusing. But what I learned was that it's like our birth certificate is basically a shipping container seat and there's a difference between natural law and legislative law. And when the Europeans come over, you know, you look at this piece of land, nobody owns the land, right? And everybody in this taxation system, this government system, this whole thing, the money system is all this made up thing. And so the indigenous people are signing this original treaty and it goes on and on and on. And basically the Canadian government, if I understand it correctly, we need Brian on to make sure, but they're, they're kind of defaulting on all of, all of those original treaties. It's like, if you go back, it's like you have not agreed to this by your own legislation. 
but this has still moved forward so far beyond uh, what was originally attended or agreed upon when you look at those original treaties and that's playing by their game of signing this grand illusion of paper and, and taxes and ownership and all the madness that goes with that. But that's a rabbit hole for me in, in my own space. What I wanted to, you can feel free to touch on that if you want, but what I wanted to ask when, when you, and go ahead, but I'm going to ask this too. When you, if you could share like any one to three or five pieces of, of knowledge with non-natives, you know, and if there's anything you'd want them to know about either Mi'kmaq culture or uh, indigenous culture, what would you want them to know? My, 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 my things are always, when I do my presentation, um, is to ask in the audience, because I've done presentations as small as, say, 10 people, as large as 800 people. So I'm quite comfortable in speaking in small or even larger groups. Actually, larger the better. And I love interacting, I love engaging, I love asking questions too. Um, I always ask is for people to be open-minded. And of some of the four things I always ask is learn, act, engage, and participate. So there's four things I always, I always uh, uh, emphasize, I guess. So learn, act, engage, and participate. And of course, being open-minded. So when I do my presentations, uh, I know you mentioned about the, uh, the treaties. Uh, you, you know, uh, there, was, there was a part, yeah, like uh, there was a treaty denial. Um, right now, like here in Nova Scotia, um, you know, it's, there's some gray areas um, but, uh, you know, we do celebrate treaty day, um, you know, um, we do tr celebrate treaty day in Nova Scotia, uh, and it's every October 1st. So this past October 1st, which was, which was on a Tuesday, it was like about two weeks ago. Um, you know, we celebrated treaty day, uh, in Halifax and it's a renewal of friendship really between two people or two, uh, between the government and first nations people. And, and, and that's what it is. It's a peace and friendship uh, treaty. Um, and uh, it officially kicks off Mi'kmaq History Month. But in the 1600s, uh, you know, um, during contact, um, you know, our numbers and our land drastically, uh, you know, lowered and decreased. Uh, in the 1700s, um, you know, it was a tumultuous time. Uh, it, not much changed uh, other than the 1752 treaty. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that happened even from then, uh, like even a year later, but I'm not gonna get into that. And then there's the 1800s. Uh, the 1800s, of course, we have the Indian Act, uh, which kind of like dictates us, like, you know, how we uh, operate even today. Um, in the 1900s, we have our schools. We have the 60s groups, the Indian day schools, and the residential day schools. And, um, you know, I did say the last one did close in 1996. And, um, you know, um, it was government-led, government but it was run by the uh, Catholic churches. And, uh, you know, and we're still feeling these negative effects, the intergenerational trauma. Like, I, I mean, the, the abuse. The, this, and again, the suicides, but we, but we do have people right now of, of, of all kinds and trying to help. Uh, and um, um, so, so for me, uh, you know, education is, is extremely important. 
um, you know, uh, and it kind of goes back into, again, like, you know, learn, act, engage, and participate. Understand, uh, you know, when I do my presentations, I, I encourage them to go to a Maui-Omi or a powwow. They're going to go, check it out. It's free. You'll see the dance and the beautiful regalia being worn, the drumming, the stories being shared. Like, it's so beautiful and it's free. Like, there's no alcohol, no drugs, no nothing. Like, you just go and, and experience it. And, and I, like, you know, uh, I also say, you know, check out the vendors. Be sure when you do go, <laughs> when you do go to a powwow, you know, bring some money with you. We've got excellent, like, people that make crafts and they sell these things. So, anyway, take some money. You, you, you can buy stuff. You can do support them as well. And, and it's actually authentic. Don't buy any dollar store stuff. No dollar store stuff store stuff. So, like, go to a powwow. You can get your real, real items there. So, so I always encourage people to go powwow, check it out. It's free, and you'll you'll experience it. You'll 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 hear stories, um, and uh, you know. And then again, if you have uh, uh, if you want to buy something for that special someone, you know, check out the vendors. But anyway, uh, I always encourage uh, people to just be open minded. Like, you know, try things. If you don't know, ask. Um, you know, one of the things I get asked a lot, like, and I'll share my, one of my experience, like uh, some of the questions that I frequently get asked is like, okay, um, what is the proper term of, you know, calling? Um, you, you know, and it's a legitimate question. Um, if it's genuine, of course, and, and, um, and, and it is. I usually say, well, Trevor, <laughs> but like right now, indigenous, uh, <laughs> indigenous, uh, uh, has been, uh, adapted, um, uh, from the federal government, uh, in, in 2016. So, uh, or 2015, anyway, indigenous, but for me, I'm Mi'kmaq because we are Mi'kmaq and I have to say this, uh, I'm in Nova Scotia. It's part of the Atlantic province. This is, uh, this is, um, uh, Mi'kmaq the traditional, ancestral, and unceded Mi'kmaq territory, the land that we never gave up, we never surrendered to it. To it. And, and uh, you know, it kind of goes for what you uh, mentioned a little bit about Brian, about treaties and stuff like that. Yes, like uh, a lot of, there was a lot of misconception um, from the non-Indigenous people thinking that, uh, well, one, that we surrendered our land, um, and the other was that, uh, um, where was I going with this? I forgot my second one. <laughs> um, well, there was also the remember when we were talking at the beginning because you, when I was in Nova Scotia, you were saying Mi'kmaq, uh, but David Senapas was saying Mi'kmaq, and I was like, was I saying it wrong? Um, but the first time, I don't know if you know this, I'll share. I, I, I sh share it as embarrassing, but I said Mi'kmaq, but that's like the that's the derogatory term and he didn't correct me i was like why did you let me do that you should have just corrected me he's like no it's not what i do i was like oh my god i was like i would have just kept saying that if you didn't if you didn't correct me but you were telling me that there's two pronunciations and i didn't know that what you just shared that you didn't give up your land it, i would have figured it was some sort of war thing right where you're like surrender your land or we kill you type of deal but is this just the certain part of Nova scotia or is it all land or how much do you know how much no no me uh because we're, we're um, me well, that's the part where i was getting at like i'm me and we are me uh that, that's all of nova scotia all of prince edward island all of new brunswick southern part of uh maine or, or actually southern part of Newfoundland, and northern part of maine or south bay south gas bay peninsula uh it's pretty much the atlantic provinces 
that's me Mogan, because we had seven districts in the past. So seven districts. And um, so, so it's, and <laughs> so it is like something like the Atlantic province. So that's Mi'kmaq, uh, you know, the Mi'kmaq, uh, you know, we, we, we belong uh, in the Wabanaki Confederacy. There was the Mi'kmaq, the Wolastogawa, uh, uh, um, I hope I'm saying it right because they, they, they just changed it recently. And I don't want to say that the old word they used to say, but Wolastogawa, um, Penobscot, and uh, there was one other or two. Um, but we belong in the Wabanaki Confederacy, uh, um, but in a much larger uh, group, I guess we're, we're part of the Algonquin uh, tribe. But Mi'kma'ki is is part of uh, the Atlantic province. So with Mi'kmaq, you know, uh, I am Mi'kmaq, like, you know, the t t territorial, ancestral, unseated. It's important for me to say that. It's important to, to for everyone, really, especially in Canada or North America or Turtle Island, which is North America, uh, you know, to know your territories, right? And then to respect that as well. We had an incident here, and actually I don't really want to talk about it. We had an incident here with a lawyer uh, uh, for the premier. Um, he, he mentioned that there's no need to, uh, you know, to consult the Mi'kmaq people uh, regarding to certain treaty because he believed that we were conquered, like conquer people. I was like, no, no, we were never conquered. Come on, man, come on. Right? Uh, no, he got a lot of heat over that, and then I think actually he got booted. I don't know the whole detail, um, but he's no longer the lawyer for the premier. Um, but he did try to go for that. And I think, uh, um, you know, we had, uh, you know, uh, people, um, you know, uh, raise that, and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a serious issue. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, Mi'kma'ki. That's, that's uh, you know, the, the land that uh, the, the, we, the Mi'kmaq, and you know, we're competing, I can't, I can't even speak, but this is our territory. Ah, that's interesting. I didn't know any of that. And so what would you, and, and for me doing like research in, in different uh, areas of, you know, Native American history, you know, Mi'kmaq specifically because of David, where would a person go to find out more of real information? Because there's a very famous quote, which I should know off by heart, but it's essentially history is recorded by the winners. And so when history is recorded by the winners and the Europeans are uh, influencing the school system and the Catholic church is influencing uh, the native American culture. And then that, um, you know, there's such an awful thing. How I got into all of this was uh, I wanted to understand how we had war. I didn't understand how there was war on the planet. It just confused me. And it also confused me that people are starving to death. It still confuses me now. I just looked it up the other day. Three billion people on the planet live on less than $2.50 a day. What the flying F-bomb is going on? You know, we're not allowed to murder somebody one-on-one, -on -one, but we can suppress an entire culture. We can um, do cultural genocides all over the place. Um, then we can drop bombs on people. Who is agreeing to these things and what the heck is actually happening there? That bugs me. And I wish it would... I wish it would stop. Um, so if somebody wants to figure out and learn more about like the real history in there and they, and they're curious about it, do you have any like people or resources or books or, or ways, you, you know, one of your things was to say, you know, go to a powwow or go to an event and ask questions, but is there anything else that you'd recommend for people if they really want to learn more uh, indigenous or, or not? Yeah. 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 Like, you know, uh, we, we do cat? have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a small child. <laughs> yeah, no, nice no, I remember him. He was nice. <laughs> Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Um, but but we do have uh, a lot of academics, uh, elders. Now, elders, I, I just got asked this again just the other day. Uh, like, um, who can be an elder? An elder is, uh, it doesn't have to be a male. It doesn't have to be, oh, it's going to be male or female. And you don't have to reach a certain age, like when you turn 65 and you're an elder. Ah, no, that doesn't have that doesn't work that way. Elderly, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, they, 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 they're very knowledgeable. And I, I mentioned it earlier, like there are lawyers or scholars or educators, doctors, nurses. You know, certain, certain elders are, are, are uh, they're specialized or very knowledgeable about certain things as well. So not all elders are the same. Um, you know, some elders may be very uh, uh, knowledgeable about the, the history or even the treaties. The other elder may be very uh, knowledgeable about the, uh, the spirituality and tr traditions. Um, so we have, like, again, we have diff different types. With some, some have, like, strengths in some areas and some don't. And, and uh, you know, you need good people, uh, uh, you know, to point you out to that, right? And when you do see an elder, you know, especially asking something, you know, be sure to give something, ideally a tobacco. Uh, you know, when you're asking for something, um, you know, be sure to give them tobacco. Uh, most elders won't even say that they're an elder. If so, if you hear a person that's saying that he's an elder, <laughs> uh, you know, chances are they're not, um, because uh, you know, most most of the time they'll like you'll know. <laughs> okay, um, not saying that elders are out there that they're saying that they're elders that they're not. Like you know, they can't. But most in most cases, what I know, when I understand, what I was told. Like actually, another elder told me this, actually. So uh, he said, if you hear an elder saying that he's an elder, he's not an elder. Actually, I could say that because he told me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but that's what he said. Uh, and, and uh, you, you know, like, um, so, so you can go to those. And, when, and, and I did mention our, our, when, for, for my I'll focus in Nesca Zone. So we have 13 communities. We have five communities in Cape Breton or, or Iwanamagi. Um, Unamagi is land of the fog. It's Cape Breton. We have five. Eskizoni being one of them. Eskizoni is one of the largest Mi'kmaq communities in the Atlantic province, or Mi'kmaq. And, all right. and how many, I uh, just want to throw this out there because that's something I learned in Nova Scotia. How many uh, Mi'kmaq were there before the Europeans came over? Was it 7 million? I think so, yes. I don't know quite the number, but it was a lot. I think it was six or seven million. And then after, like, I don't know, a few hundred years, it was down to a few hundred thousand, something as bad as that. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. I just yeah, I know. And that's crazy. Well, well disease was uh, had a lot to do with it as, yeah. as, as well, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, um, Eskizoni like right now, uh, the population is like about five thousand, and um, it's it's uh, like, you know, like I have to give credit again to the chief. Like he's 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 turning it around. Um, you know, and it's not just the chief. It's not just one person running the whole community. There's a team of them, right? And there's council. There's chief and council. And the council have uh, a great team as well. You know, we have our band managers, and then we have our people, our directors, you know, working in the band office. Um, and then, then, then we have our community members. And on these community members, we have our elders. So everybody does a, um, does a part to really, um, you know, help the community. We have excellent volunteers. So if you want to know something or somewhat like a, about a history, you know, it's, it's so easy to get that right now. I know we have, like I mentioned, we have a lot of educated uh, elders as well uh, that are going to school. And these are some of the young people. 
they're they're they got they're they're going for their masters right now and they got them like a um like the, you know they're very knowledgeable about the culture and they're very educated and i love that like i mean it was always a career thing in the past but now there's like a, I'm, there's so much right now that you see it like uh and and uh you know i'm so like thankful for that because our future that for me like especially with them th that young you know it's, it's so bright because we like right now our elders uh, we don't have that many elders right now uh and and uh you know, we need more and, and we need more. And we have all these young future leaders, um, very educated and, and some are books. Some are, there's some books that are, that are out there. Um, you know, I, I have a book, I have a book coming out 2021, 2021. I signed a contract with Nimbus, which is one of the, uh, uh, respected, um, publishers in Atlantic Canada, Nimbus. Yay. <laughs> but anyway, I wrote, yeah, thank you. So, so uh, you know, but we do have, uh, um, you know, we do, we do have people that are really uh, uh, educated and you, you can ask because a lot of like, there's a lot of oral history, like my side of the family, um, the last hereditary grand chief, he passed in, in 1918, he was my great, great grandfather. And uh, I could only go like, uh, there's, there's like a, I, I put a, <laughs> a large amount of hours uh, into the research. And it was only two, like my great, great grandfather was John Denny senior and then John Denny junior. And, and then, uh, uh, the, the natural line of progression was interrupted due to colonization. Um, instead of like handing it over to his son, uh, they loaned the way before he passed. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, the, 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 that's how the first elected grand chief came about was Gabriel Sulaboy. But then, um, Newell, not Newell, but Simon Denny, he was supposed to, uh, take on that role, but he ended up taking the grand captain role, which is a, a really important, uh, role as well. But anyway, there's a lot of history, even from my own family, uh, because a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, uh, the people that wrote, not necessarily winners, um, but a lot of people that did write history didn't qu even quite understand uh, the ways of uh, the way how we conducted business in some ways. So they kind of like made sense in the way they wrote it and, and, and it didn't give credence or credibility to oral history. <laughs> and, and, uh, and again, a lot of our, um, you know, um, we have the grand council and, uh, a lot of our history or, or a lot of, uh, the history was documented in this um, piece of uh, uh, Wapum Belt is called, uh, it, was, it was quite long and that, that disappeared because we have the Pudus, which is the record keeper. He was in charge of it. So any important meetings, anything, anything important at all that to be noted, it was, it was, it was noted on the Wapum Belt, like, like from past histories. And he was the only one that could decode it other than the grand chief as well, but he could only one that, decoded and read the um, uh, the histories and that disappeared they, they said that it disappeared sometime in the mid 1900s um i that i'm not quite familiar with so i can't really get into much detail on that but i do know that that, that is no longer here and it is gone and a lot of our history went with that yeah that's a super important piece of information when i was talking to and i'm curious what you think but when i was talking to clifford mahudi who's a zuni elder he was saying it's a twenty thousand year history when i was talking to you know cousin david lone bear he said twenty thousand year history and when i was talking to the mayan elder down in guatemala he said twenty thousand year history and they oh, also yeah. 
all said it was oral. You know, the European Western is like 2,000 years, Jesus Christ came down. It's all it's like that. That's it is. No. It's, like, it's like, wait a second, there's pyramids here. You know what I mean? We've dated those over 10,000. So we have these old ancient civilizations. And um, I'm there must be so much in that oral history. And it's interesting that, you know, when you traced it back, it was to your great great grandfather around 1800s or early 1900s, something like that. And so that's really the gap the 1900s to 2000 of like where things really go missing because one of the things that Clifford was saying was that the Smithsonian um, is not the greatest in his view because they kind of went around and they stole a lot of the, uh, the Zuni's items. They had all these spiritual spots. He said, now there's, he's like, I can tell you where we had technology and I know this. And uh, there's these uh, places and now they have military bases or they're closed off or you can't access them. He's like, these were all our sacred spots. And I went to, when I was in Washington, D.C., I went to the, I don't know what it's called, like the Indigenous People's Museum in Washington, D.C., and uh, David had a really hard time in there. And he was just looking at all this stuff, and he's like, this shouldn't be here. This shouldn't be here. And I know, um, I guess Donna Augustine, and I don't, I don't know if you know her. Or I do. Her. Oh, yeah, she's, she's interesting. I met her at the Parliament of World Religion. She is very fiery. I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, she's been going around and collecting remains that um, different museums have had and different um, places have had. Part of what she's been doing is going around and getting those remains out of these spaces that, you know, they're not supposed to be there. Um, and it's really insulting to uh, her, possibly uh, the Mi'kmaq culture. I don't know for sure. You can maybe speak on that. But the interesting thing is that 20,000 year history and where did those go? Who, who took those and how do we find that missing information? And it's, uh, you know, it's obviously an important part of your history to know, you know, what was, what was all of the past? So how you can know, you know, the future, because if it is 20,000 years, which it seems to be, there's, there seems to be no evidence where anyone's is not. What does that mean? 50, what the heck happened 15,000 years ago? Who has that information, right? 17,000, 20,000, like that is some wild stuff. The only um, groups of people that I've heard speak uh, of that timeline of history are any indigenous people. And so I'm curious, do you, do you have any leads on what, how we, we would find that information? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. You're ready to, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, there's, there's so much, right? There's, there's so much, even just in my small, like, family alone like i mean there was just so much and i mentioned like you know like i, I spent hours hours uh, you know the the, the the nova scotia archives in halifax and and speaking with uh, the countless hours I, I i spoke with the elders some have passed my family members who have passed you know sit down and listening to the stories and putting it together and it was just so much and i i i, I received that title unofficially that i'm like a uh, the historian and the researcher for for the Sai family, right? Sai uh, being my mother's side, but it was just so much. And and uh, you know the uh, like I had my full time job, and and then I had my part time job doing cultural presentations or or arm wrestling demonstrations. Uh, I, I love the arm wrestling demonstrations actually, um, you know, because I, I not, it's not just think about arm wrestling. I'll just jump on this and I'll jump back. It's not just think about arm wrestling. Um, you know, when, when I do talk and I do, and I did mention earlier, you know, when I do go, I talk about the, the, the teachings, um, keep, keep, keeping your teachings, being respectful. Uh, and, and I talk about my experiences, uh, even with alcohol and drugs, how I overcame that. Um, 
and and, uh, and I've mentioned this maneuver my way around um, the government uh, and uh, you know trying to change it from within now right <laughs> and and uh, you know we, we have uh, you know great people even working in, in government right now that, that are helping like or working with us and and um, where was I going I'm, I'm kind of like Jump, jumping. Uh, well, well, part of the history, trying to find, you know, how much history is just within your family. Mm-hmm. Arm wrestling, and then I'll jump it right back in that. So, so it's not just like about like, uh, like I said, it's not just like about like, uh, you know, there's more to it. And then, of course, I show them the proper forms, the techniques, what to do, what not to do, and you know, show them a little bit, and then off, off you go. But, but the history part, the the history part. Um, you know, when I talk to my mom, she's 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 just abundant of of knowledge, like uh, like history, and and uh, you know it's it's important, uh, uh, you know, to talk to them right now, like to talk to our elders, and 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 uh, and you know, unfortunately, in some ways, uh, we're going to have to start writing things down. And I have, and and um, um, you know, uh, it, it's it's we can no longer just sit and talk and then pass it along as much as I would love to. And I am actually, uh, you know, here I am sharing some of the things with you and I'm trying to throw a little bit here and there, here and there. Uh, but, but it is, it, it is the, the, the history itself. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just so, so much, uh, just so much to, to, to even, um, um, you, you know, I just get so um, not overwhelmed because I do so many things, but but uh, you know that small little part of mine, and and then again, like just every every family has a story, and and and, and it just pieces together, and and uh, you know uh, it's unfortunate where where did that Wampum Bill go, right? You know, my grandfather again, John Denny Jr., my great great grandfather, he spoke several languages. He, he was fluent in Mi'kmaq, he was fluent in English, he was fluent in French, uh, he was fluent in Gaelic. Um, you, you, know, uh, you know, I really respect that person. I never met him. Um, he really did uh, care for, for his Mi'kmaq people. And he wasn't just a ruler of Eskazoni or governed, <laughs> not ruler, governed um, Eskazoni. Like, you know, he had a whole area, the whole, like, you know, I mean, like New Brunswick and Newfoundland and PEI, like, you know, that was his, that was his area. And he traveled to places and would travel to places and, uh, and meet with the, some community members if they're having issues with, uh, say land, right. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll go and, and meet them and, 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 uh, you know, write letters to, uh, you know, to Ottawa. Uh, you know, he was a very kind, caring man and it was really, really intelligent apparently. So, I just want to look at that too. Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's interesting. Yeah, just one one family history and and how much knowledge is there. And I, I have, this is the first I'm hearing about the wampum belt, and that's very very fascinating piece of information to put towards the uh, wild puzzle, um, dude. This has been amazing and super informative. I want to ask. I'm gonna ask you two questions because you can kind of choose on which way you go. Um, one. So you, ch- you can pick either or you can pick both. It's up to you. Is there anything that you wish that I had asked or that you want to talk about? That's your out. And then the other thing is, do you want to share that story that you told me 
um, about the one experience that you had. Some people want to share those. Some people don't, but I thought that was a pretty wild experience. And I think that, uh, you know, if you want to share it, it's, I find it interesting to, to hear those stories from people. So, okay. Which story is that? The one where you're looking at the backyard and, uh, okay. the water. Yes. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll share that. Yeah. Cause uh, I think, well, I want to, you know, I wanted to kind of preface it too, because like, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, David will talk about this anyway, and, and I'll talk about it too. In my world of like looking up like things that are wild, I think that everybody is looking to connect with like spirit or something in some sort of way, right? And so I do think that um, wh wherever you are in, the, in, in life, like whether you're spiritual, whether you're not spiritual, wherever you come from, there are things that happen that seem to be pretty unexplainable. And when you listen to people, usually one person has a story of like, not sure what the heck that was about, but there was like <laughs> something that I can't really explain. And this story was, was a pleasure. So yeah, yeah. man, I'll let you take it away. Okay. All right. Um, so, so the story that Matt is, uh, is referring, um, was, uh, this is after I lost my brother. So before I talk about this, I told uh, Matt this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay sharing this now. And, uh, and I, I'm really great at sharing it, like, obviously now. Like, you know, you have a larger audience. So I'm really great with that, too. And thank you for bringing this up because uh, I've been sharing it a lot more lately. But in the past, um, I wasn't. Like, and I was cold. And I was just only, uh, it even took a bit, even just to share that, even say with Chantel uh, or even with my brother or even my mother. I didn't really share it. It was just like, because uh, I didn't know what to make of it. I, I didn't know. Um, I, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know, like, okay, is it like, am I going crazy? Like, you know, is it something? But luckily, as I mentioned, there was a, a person <laughs> that was also there that saw this. Um, but, but uh, you know, I come from a like a really close knit family. Um, you know, I did mention that uh, there, there was there were six of us. There was eight of us. Like, you know, two parents and six. Uh, you know, I have uh, two, three brothers. I had three brothers and two sisters. Now, my brother passed. My my father passed about three years ago, uh, but my brother passed about fifteen years ago. And uh, and this is a story that I'm sharing with you. It's the time that when my brother passed, he was 35 years old when when he passed on, and I was like about uh, 27, I think it is. I think it was like seven years, maybe eight eight years actually. He was eight years older than me, and. Uh, and uh, when he passed, uh, you know, it was devastating, of course. Like, you know, it was unexpected. Um, his, his health wasn't the best, but it was still unexpected. And uh, so when he passed, it, 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 was, it was devastating. It was, it was really heavy for, for, for uh, you know, for the community and certainly for our family. And I never, ever wish to... Uh, uh, you know, uh, for anyone to lose their uh, sons or daughters, um, even though he's my brother, but I just saw how it, how much it hurt for my mother and my father. How much, like, I mean, I could see the pain, and and, and uh, as I was dealing, uh, you know, the death myself, I just couldn't stop, like, you know, seeing my my parents and um anyway i'll get to, um, get to the story um so when he when he passed you know of course uh, I, I was pretty much drowning myself in alcohol at that time really and um and uh and i, I was just 
tried to forget everything, uh, you know, because he and I, we were all close. Um, and uh, it got to the point where, like, uh, you know, I had to, you know, step back and, uh, you know, really, um, you know, find myself, I guess. And um, several months after he passed, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, I was trying to understand, I guess. I was uh, trying to uh, make sense of it all. And, uh, you know, um, I, I, I still remember seeing the, the, the pain uh, of my parents and like I'm not even talking about my siblings uh, that they, 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 they were they were they were devastated so was I um but but uh it got to the point where uh, this is the part where um uh, that that Matt was was talking about this story um so he passed in April April May June July August September October November I think it was about seven months after seven months after I was right by the Bredore Lakes Bedora Lakes is in is in uh, you know Cape Breton or Unamagi. So beautiful, love I love the lakes, and I was facing south. There's a reason that I'm saying south. Uh, I was facing south, and um, at that time I was having a cigarette. Uh, I don't smoke now. I don't even do dr uh, drugs. I never did drugs. I don't I don't drink. Uh, I never drank since uh, even like uh, 2012. But that's beside the point. Um, was having a cigarette and uh um and uh how do you say how do i say this uh i was having a cigarette facing facing uh south and i i, I just got to the moment was uh okay I, I just i just felt good i felt okay you know i was i was i was picking up my pieces i was trying like you know i was putting alcohol like you no know, aside and i was just like okay um you know i'm, I'm sure my brother's good wherever he's at i'm sure he's good but i also asked okay just give me a sign just please give me a sign but then i stopped right away as as as, as i told you matt like so but i stopped right away as soon as i said please give me a sign i stopped i remember like boom okay never mind but because i think i think it was because i was afraid that it might be like uh you know i might get disappointed and i said no stop like forget it forget it but the other part is I just wanted to know that it was okay. I didn't really need validation. I just knew that it was okay. But but going back, I said, no, never mind. And I remember still saying that, never mind. And there was this thing. Now, this is the part. There was this thing. It was like a mist. Like, I mean, it was like about maybe 50 yards, 50 yards in. And it was like about maybe 20 feet high up in the air. And it was just big mist. And it must have been about maybe 10 feet high, 10 feet up. It was just this mist. And, and and it looked like a, it looked like a a northern um, um, not northern uh, yeah um, northern lights I guess and 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 it was because it was doing this weird thing and and I still could see it like I mean it was it was like about like I said about fifty yards and it was like about high and I remember seeing it and I remember okay like what's going on and I'm like looking at it okay. As soon as I just like, you know, stop, okay, never mind, I don't want validation or nothing. And, and that popped up. And I'm like, whoa. Like, and I'm looking at it and I'm even thinking, okay, that can't be the Northern Lights because I'm looking, now I'm turning around like, because I'm trying to debunk it now, right? Like, I'm trying to debunk it. I'm looking around, okay, I know that's North. I know I'm facing like, uh, you know, the South because that's where Big Pond is and stuff. That's where I'm facing. That's the South way. I'm like, and it's moving. I'm like, okay. I guess like okay, okay, 
okay? I know, uh, like, oh, I'm good. Like, because I was just asking for, you know, give me a sign. That's okay. Okay. I smile. The person beside me, like, he comes up. He goes, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, so he started with me, like, whoa. I said, what the F is that, right? Like, so you see that too? Because I thought, like, you know, it got to the point where it was just me. And he goes, yes. Man, that's so cool. That's what he said, right? So we were looking, and, and this thing, it just kind of, like, vanishes and he goes man that was so freaky that was so freaky and and yeah i know right like and i know but really i was like like okay all right all right all right so i don't know i really don't know it was just at that moment when i was just asking like even though i felt good i feel okay like, you know i accepted i have been accepted for uh, weeks even before that like you know or even months i accept but it was just at that time where I was just like feeling okay, looking outside. It was like around 11 o'clock at night, uh, looking out the, 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 the lake. And uh, I just remember looking out there and asking, uh, you know, just give me a sign. And said like, and, like, I didn't go like this. Just remember like taking it back right away. No, no, never mind. And this thing pops up. I was like, whoa, whoa, like, uh, like really, am I really seeing this? Am I really actually seeing this? And, and I'm looking around and I like it actually trying to see exactly how far it is. I was like, okay, this is, this is like really, like, and I really did at that time look behind me. There was this mountain, there was nothing here. And I'm like, okay, the Northern lights are usually north way. And I'm like, okay, this is, this, this is neat. Yes, I don't know what this is. Then I, then I said, okay, and that's the part where I'm like, you know, oh, yeah. But if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have shared that at all. <laughs> if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for this guy that that like you know he was quite surprised of seeing it as well, and that made me feel really better, like re really good. So I saved that for a while. I never shared it anything, and then eventually, like okay, hey, um, I shared it with my brother, and then eventually my mother, and then you know, and just kind of shared. And now, now, like you know, I, I share it a lot. And thank you for asking me that actually. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's a really, really amazing story. And it's really powerful just for all the other elements to it. You know what I mean? Of like what you had to go through to get to that point. And, you know, you touched on a little bit at the beginning of just, you know, having struggle, struggling with like alcohol. And I think a lot of people struggle with different addictions, a lot of alcohol, a lot of uh, drugs, a lot of different things. And even now our youth and all these new ones are popping up. So um, to be able to get out on the other side and kind of get the, I call them universal winks. It's just like, Oh my goodness, is this actually happening? It's like, what is happening here? It's so great to have a confirmation of somebody on the other side because it helps be like, okay, I did see that. Like that was, uh, I think was real. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know, thanks so much for coming on the show and thanks for everything you do. You know, the more I learn about, you know, how you're moving around and, and all the things you work super hard and you're super inspiring to the youth and you're doing, you know, such great work in so many different areas. Is there anything that you wish that I'd asked or, or anything you want to leave the listeners with before we uh, close it out? No, uh, yes, I was going to say <laughs> no, but, but yes. Uh, and again, thank you so much for, for having me. Uh, I truly uh, am, am lucky, uh, you know, with, with, with the family uh, behind me. Uh, without their support, I don't think I really could really do anything without them. So I got to give thanks to, to, to my family, to my community, 
Um, you know, I, I've mentioned Leroy. He's doing a fantastic job. I, I did mention all the other chiefs. They're doing great as well. The community uh, members, the leaders. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, everybody's taking part. And the indigenous people, the non-indigenous people, and the elders as well. You know, the elders, uh, and, you know, I put them in a, like, I mean, they're so important to our culture. And, and, and like, I mean, um, you know, visit, visit your elder. Like, you know, visit your elder. You know, go see them. Uh, talk to them. You know, have tea. Listen. Uh, you know, they have a lot of stories. Just, 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 like, you know, go and see how they're doing. Um, you know, that's really important. So when I'm in the community, I do go around a lot of communities. When I do go in the community, I try to see an elder uh, from that community when I can. And, and really, I'm not really asking for anything. I really just want to know how they're doing, what's going on, what's up. And then you should be sure to stories. Actually, quickly, this today, I was in, um, where was I? Uh, I? I was in three different communities uh, today. I was traveling. Um, uh, oh, uh, Annapolis Valley First Nation. I was, uh, uh, I met with a band manager there, uh, Gerald Tony Elder. Uh, he's a member of the Grand Council as well. Uh, so he and I sat down, we were just talking, and he shared me that, like, shared me a story. And I was so, like, I mean, he's a talker. <laughs> he's a talker. So, so um, you know, I, I, I only had, like, a half hour. But, like, as soon as I knew, like, he was, he was a talker, okay. I just, like, okay, it's clear my schedule, okay. Because how lucky I am, really. How lucky to actually sit down with an elder, and he's sharing stories. And, and, and another guy, I remember, getting, like, okay, like, no man, like please share more. Cause he apologized. Oh, I got so more. No, no, I'm good. Tell me, and then he did. I, I, I mean, so, so, you know, he liked it. Like even though, like, uh, we never really met, um, and we bumped each other here and there. Cause he is a member of the Grand Council. I was part of the, uh, I, I drum, I sang the honor song of this year's Treaty Day in Halifax. So he saw me there, but we didn't really talk. We didn't really know each other until today. So. Um, I was telling him who I am, what I do, and stuff like that. So he was actually thankful and uh, thanking me for doing what I do. So thank you a lot, and Gerald. Uh, but I'm so glad of hearing his story. He was telling me about, and I'll share this, uh, other than see your elders, <laughs> which is important. You know, um, he shared me this, uh, actually, I don't know if I should, yeah. And he shared his bear story, like a bear, this big grizzly bear. And uh, I'll just share a little bit, uh, you know, um, because maybe someday you'll have him on here. I don't know. Uh, but he was telling me that I'll just share this little, little part of this. Uh, he was working in Alaska. Um, and uh, um, and I forgot exactly what he, what he told me what he was doing. But um, I think it was uh, surveying. And, and uh, as he was going back, he goes to like, I don't know how many miles. He goes back or some fresh bear tracks on, on, on this trail. And he knew that they were huge and, and they were fresh because he was just there not that long ago. So he has no weapon or nothing. He's just him. And, and, and he knows about like bears and stuff. And so he's kind of like, okay, this is, this, this is new. And he's looking around and the only thing he could think of because like the, you know, it's just so far off of his camp, he climbs a tree climbs the tree he knows about grizzlies and stuff like that they did or bears do climb because he's from nova, like he's from nova scotia and he usually dealt with black bears right so um so off he went and like and it was like really high up in the in the thing and he could see this big grizzly coming boom and 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 uh he goes uh he was tearing off these big giant like branches the limbs he called them he was just tearing them off and i'm just like there and i'm like he's looking at me and he's like like snarling and then he's like boom shaking it and then he goes 
he runs off. He's like about maybe 20, 30 feet. Don't go home. And he goes, okay, like he's leaving. And it turns and he runs for it. He runs for the tree, runs for the tree. And then boom. And he said, um, the tree was thick. And he said, like, you know, I want to say like it was really swaying back and forth, but he said it was about two feet, okay, two feet, which is still like, you know, uh, panicking. And he said, I think he was hoping for me to fall off. Right, and then I would have been the garner. So he was holding on, right, and and um, <laughs> and then eventually the bear bear goes, he goes he goes off, right, you know, and then he sees him, and anyway he jumps down, off he goes, he made it. Um, <laughs> but I'll 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 just share that part because there's a really interesting end into it. I'll just share this right quick. He goes, <laughs> yeah, I want to know that. Good I know, enough. I know. <laughs> the, the, the ending he goes, yeah, have you ever like this is what I heard. I said, um, you know, have you ever heard about um, bears aren't really good at running when they go downhill? And they go, yeah, actually, I did. Man, that's bullshit. He goes, <laughs> that's, that's a lie. <laughs> that, that, that was what happened. Like, I think they run faster when they go down, right? <laughs> but I did hear that. That's the thing. I even laughed, right? He goes, no, no. And anyway, um, the bear, he was like way up in the hill. He was down and was charging. And this bear was big. He was charging, full tilt. And of course, he had his weapon then. And um, long story short, uh, after many shots, uh, you know, we got him. Uh, but if it if it didn't go down, he was close. It was close, and that's what he said. And he was even thinking that, okay, I'm a goner, and he's a goner. But then eventually, he did go down. But uh, but these are just some of the stories that he was telling me, and the way he told it was so perfect, was so great. And here I am, like if I if I had popcorn, I would have ate popcorn. Like tell me more, <laughs> tell me more. And and he was thought like he shared me some more. And go no, you know, I don't want to like him. But he, I could tell like he's really dying to tell me. Like no, like tell me more. And so he did. So anyway, um, like what I just want to tell the tell the audience. Uh, uh, indigenous or non-indigenous people, like you know, see, 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 see your elders. Like you know, go see them. Tell them, like, tell them how you doing. How, like, what's up? If they have any stories, like you know, they would love to hear them, right? And and one thing uh, that that I, I would have loved for you to ask me um, is really nothing. Oh, oh, this T-shirt, this T-shirt. It's uh, ultimate torque. This ultimate torque. Um, it, I'm selling these T-shirts, and and. Uh, it came out of my own money. I was not really looking for anything. I just really wanted to do something for you, right? So I had like uh, several hundred dollars. I'm like, okay, do I just like, um, excuse me, do I just like have a tournament with this? Like, you know, they don't have to pay anything. I'm doing, or or uh, or how how can I like how can I like you know generate this? And um, you know, with all the things that I do in Chantel, so you know, just sell T-shirts, you know, sell T-shirts, and whatever you sell. Um, you know, you could put the money back and buy more t-shirts and your profits could go and have this arm wrestling tournament for the youth. And so, okay, great. So I bought t-shirts and, uh, and all the proceeds, well, at least half of it, because the other half, I have to buy t-shirts again. The other half will go to the youth arm wrestling event. And, uh, it's a money event and, uh, it's free for them to, uh, to enter. Cause most, most, most times when it's a money event, you have to register and you have to pay for it. This one is not. And it's uh, from 15 to 19 years old. I'm still working on the details, but but uh, you know, the half of the proceeds do go to this event. That's ultimate torque. 
<laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate everything you shared and I appreciate your work and, and what you're doing. And like, again, like little small things like that, you know, what you can do to give back to the community, just taking action and, and, and you know, just doing something good. Um, the video cut out is your, okay. You're still good. Um, but I want, where can people find more about you if they want to maybe look into your work? I don't know if you have a website. I know you got Twitter. Yeah, I, I do have Twitter and you can follow me. Uh, it's at T Sanipas, T-S-A-N-I-P-A-S-S. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. Um, but uh, I'm working on a website actually right now. There's, there's just so many things. Uh, people are contacting me um, via Twitter or even um, my Hotmail. Um, and uh, my Hotmail is my first and last name, Trevor Sanipas at Hotmail.com e-transfers <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh you know i'm working on the website there's so many people asking me uh, uh, because i live in the city right um in halifax uh and there's not much people like it's me my history month so there's a lot of there people are really uh trying to get first nations knowledge uh and uh, it's kind of rare in the city we do have people we have great people but we and being pulled all over the place um, but, uh, I am going to get a website and hopefully that would like be easy because there's some messages that I get from people that saying that, Oh, this person got a hold of me, but I didn't want to give them your number yet. But the, you know, so there's, there's a lot of people still asking for me to, uh, you know, do presentations, cultural presentations. And, and, and I'm, and I'm really excited for that. So my website is, is we're, we're, we're working on it. Um, I am going to have a website, and, uh, but not yet, but. Twitter for now. When I well, when I get it, I'll put it in the show notes. The last thing I do, I do want to ask because I, I almost forgot. But do you want to say anything in in Mi'kmaq before you go? Like, uh, I, one of the things I think in talking to Brian and a lot of the other people is there's not a lot of people that can still speak um, the traditional native languages, and I think it's important to do what we can to keep those. So, do you want to share anything in in that language? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I I do read uh, write and speak the uh Mima language so uh i'll just say um and i'll translate it actually for you well Thank you, Matt. <laughs> I did say I'm, I'm glad that uh, I had the opportunity to talk to you about some of my culture. And I talked to you, uh, I talked a little bit about uh, uh, where I come from, the community I belong to, and my, uh, uh, that I'm the direct descendant of the last hereditary grand chief, John Denny Jr., and Mi'kma'ki, the traditional, ancestral, and unceded Mi'kmaq territory. So I was glad that I said those to you. So that's my land acknowledgement to you all. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. Well. Trevor, thanks so much, man. Thanks for everything you do. It's a, it's a pleasure to uh, just know you and watch all the things you're doing. So I'm excited for your book and for you to get a website and just keep doing all the things you're doing, man. So thanks for, go ahead. Arm Nation. You can watch Arm Nation. You can Google, you can Google it. Oh, there's a, oh, 
actually, there's a there's a there's a game app, our nation game app. There's a Trevor Centipass character. Uh, yeah, person. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's how you know you made big time when you became the the app. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you again. See you guys. Thanks for watching. There you have it, guys. The amazing Trevor Senapass, number eight heavyweight arm wrestler in the world. Really awesome guy. Just doing such tremendous work. He's hardworking, motivating, and doing great, uh, great work with the youth, especially indigenous youth. So I think that learning more and bridging that gap between the indigenous cultures in Canada, in the U.S., and around the world, I know so very little, but I think it's so important that we learn more because every time I have... Um, whether it's David, uh, Trevor, Clifford, any uh, Native American on the show, I learn so much. Every time I go to a teaching with David and I'm around other Indigenous and First Nations, I learn so much that I had no idea about. And it's really important because this is true Canadian history that do not share in schools. And it is very important, I think, that we understand that and we move forward together because, man, the atrocities that happened and, and what what happened to the first nations of this land is truly horrible and uh, we need to look forward and we need to help create uh i don't know just a co-creation between the natives and the non-natives and all people here so everybody has the systems and support they need to thrive uh, culturally whatever that culture may be so uh, i think it's really important we open those discussions and i'm so grateful that trevor was willing to share i'm grateful that david is willing to share i'm i'm grateful that uh, Clifford is willing to share. And if you guys know anybody who uh, should come on the show and share history or you know um, anything that I can do to support, please reach out. Let me know. I want to hear from you. I want to know what I can do to help. So I think that wraps that up there. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you. If you want to support the show, please share it. Leave a review on iTunes. Uh, let me know what you think. Any questions, comments over on social media at Matt, Matt Belair, Instagram, Matt Belair, official Facebook, wherever. I love hearing from you. So please send your feedback. So I think that wraps it up. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close it out. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, inspiration, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.